Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. And welcome back into another edition of Cardinals Corner. Flying alongside me, as always, a man so primed for vacation you wouldn't even believe it. Arizona Sports <laughs> Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake. I am Eric Ruby. The Cardinals had mandatory minicamp last week. This week they do not, hence Tyler Drake. So kind to join us right before his vacation. So, Tyler, let's get this out of the way so you can go kick up, sip some Mai Tais in the sun. Does oh, that yeah. sound nice? That sounds great. But, no, we had to get this done first, man. This is this is priority. This is always priority. Well, you were there. What was the big storyline, the big takeaway from Cardinals' mandatory minicamp? Yeah, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing has got to be the accountability factor. I think it was really, you know, just touched on from the beginning, from really since we saw Jonathan Gannon get hired, Monty Osford get hired. They really preached, you know, having that accountability, being able to, you know, just, yeah, really just be accountable. That's, that's the thing. Feel that pressure. Have that good pressure. And from the, you know, even before minicamp, even with the end of the OTAs, you could you could feel that. Zayvon Collins was great in how he explained of, you know, there's good pressure in that locker room. There's pressure where you want to step up for your teammates, where you want to do this. And, and really, it makes me think how bad it might have been in that we're latter half some layers yeah back, because it's we? not only him it was Dennis Gardeck it was Colt McCoy it's you know it's it's a lot of these returning James guys Connor James Connor that too. they love it they love the accountability they love the good pressure that this team is putting on them and you can really see it guys are really engaged Zayvon Collins I've got to give him a shout out just because the guy's moving from inside linebacker to pass rusher and he's not even batting an eye he's all bought in he's fully ready to go and I think I said it the last time when he talked about the eggs when he brought in the eggs and that was really the biggest example of the dude brought in eggs to have some breakfast before a meeting and they put in put them up on the on the board the next day to make an example of hey if you're showing up make sure you're ready to go don't don't have any other outside influences finish your food get in and be ready to work and i think that's a huge 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 part in turning this culture around it's the little things that are really going to help this team get back to where they need to be the accountability factor was uh one of my favorite things to read from yours one of your many 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 articles on yes. ArizonaSports.com, oh, yeah. the Arizona Sports app, covering Cardinals through voluntary OTAs, mandatory minicamp. But I got to be honest with you, Tyler. I thought I sent you. I thought I set you up with a nice softball, right? What's the biggest storyline from Cardinals OTAs? I'm not saying you miss. I'm just saying you hit it in a different direction than I thought. Okay. I, my mind was on Buda Baker. Yeah. Because, oh God. Yeah. Because he was he was there, but he wasn't. But but he wasn't there. What do you know about that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah, bad on me for that one. <laughs> Let me tell you, I got stuck in the uh, no, in something you're, else. You're, you're not. You're I'm looking not at the big wrong. picture. I'm looking at the wrong. big like picture. That, that is something that has been really striking is how they've operated on a whole, but micro level. There's some big stories, and that's what I saw on the field where we didn't see Buda Baker on the field. So yeah, so he was at mandatory minicamp, but he wasn't participating in the uh, on the field work. So it sounds like he was still doing the meetings. Still talking with coaches, his player or his teammates, everything like that inside the walls. But as soon as they got on the field, not so much. So wasn't out there for any of the mini camp uh, for the open portion, at least. I know they saw a couple of fi- uh, videos, photos of him out on the field during the uh, closed portion. It looked like or during some kind of practice. So he was out there. He was it looked like he was engaged with his coaches and teammates. Just wasn't doing anything. And really for me, that's a move of I don't want to get fined. But I'm still gonna have my stance. Oh, yeah. I'm still gonna be on my stance of I want a new deal or I want to be traded, and I, I don't want to get fined. So because if you're trying to make more money, 
losing money in the process does not sound like the right thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's definitely a move that I saw as, yeah, I don't want to pay more money, don't want to get fined, and I still am clearly in my right on my side of I want a new deal or send me elsewhere. Ironically, he's walking a very fine line, like, to not get fined. Yeah. And it's about as even as you can play it from sticking to your word yep. and saying, when I need to be there, I'll be I there. will be there. He but did. also letting everybody, not just, like, like Monty yeah. Austin Ford knows, Jonathan Gannon knows. Like, yeah. they're aware that there's a situation going on when it comes to his contract he wants more. Mm-hmm. They're figuring that out. But you let everybody know. You put your name back out in the headlines again. It was a national story. You had your Ian Rappaports, your Mike mm-hmm. Garofolos. Like everybody was saying, what does this mean? Is he going to be traded? Which still feels like a very, very, very far-fetched possibility. I won't yeah. say it's a 0.0. He but. accomplished three things. He didn't touch the field, didn't, or I guess didn't participate in the group activity on the field, but he accomplished three things. He didn't get fined. He showed up and still was a leader to his teammates and showed the coaches that he's still locked in. And three, still stood on a stance of where he's at. So, I mean, he for a mini, for Buddha's minicamp, it was an accomplishment. And what it's, a surprise. Buddha Baker does everything perfectly. Even, even off the off, field. Even off the field. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal because not much has happened. Right? Like, it's about as mild as it could get. In the moment, it was okay. Mm -hmm. He said he was going to be here, but we don't see him out here. He was even involved in the – the Cardinals had, like, a charity video where they were having a competition offense versus defense. For you, Mom. Who could put together the most – I forget what they were packing, but offense versus defense who could put together the most for charity. Mm -hmm. And Buda Baker was there in the video. He was interacting with people. So it's just what what the public – what we're allowed to see. Right. What we're allowed to see, allowed to talk about, everything like that. So that is what it is. Yep. It's sitting out there, Buda Baker, still not extended, still doesn't have a new contract, but all that's staying internal like Monty Austin Ford has said oh, yeah. he's wanted it too. Yes, there is a definite change there in thinking of keeping things in-house. Speaking of definite change, we officially learned that Isaiah Simmons has a new full-time Position. Said it himself. He said it himself. Isaiah Simmons, formerly an inside linebacker, then turned star backer, <laughs> is now a defensive backer. I think, yeah, defensive backer. Yeah, he, he's a part of go. the safety. He's in the secondary. And when asked if he was going to maybe broaden his horizons beyond the safety position and the secondary position, he said, no, I'm learning this one. I'm figuring wants this one out. Wants to master it. Right. Wants to master it. So it's. It's like they're half giving me what I want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're like, hey, hey, Eric, you said you wanted that. You wanted Isaiah Simmons to focus on one position. Here you go. Yeah. It's just not the one you wanted to <laughs> just, yeah, it's a, But you know what? I'll take it. Right? There's and I think, potential. Right? And I think it's not just going to be – I think he's going to be moved all around the secondary. I don't think it's just going to be at one spot. I think they're really going to work around – I mean, granted, if Buddha's around. But Jalen, Buddha, and him, That I mean, that's a really, really tough trio if you can put them in the right spot. So I could also see him being more of a slot guy too. I really do yeah. think that's a possibility. He played a lot there last year. So I think they just want him to learn kind of the basics of that secondary to where if he's got to jump up there and guard somebody on the line, he can do so. So I think – on the surface, I think a lot of us are still like, how exactly is this going to work out? Well, because he was so raw when looking at it. Like, yeah. Because maybe he was half in, half out, but it, it, week one Travis against Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. Like that. And maybe that's unfair. It was the first week of the season, and, and like 
to put it all on the table, he got his role dramatically reduced as the next couple of weeks rolled well, on because they said they practice. gave him too much. And they give him and he had bad practice habits. So they had they took some away. They demoted him a little bit and we saw the Raiders game where he came back and did what he did. So yeah. Uh, just very interesting. I, I was very surprised that he actually went as far as saying, Yeah, I'm rolling forward with the D I mean, at this so. point it was it was almost obvious. Like every time you saw him, every time he was, but we doing we could say that for the last three years. Every time we saw him, he was well, working with he the DBs, started, right? But I think eventually they started working him around. Did they? Now they didn't just have him work with the DBs before. Uh, last year it was working mainly Only? with the DBs. Man, that's why I was so angry. It's like remember so I sense. I send you I told you I was like I'll send you the message when it's like hey here's your tweet of the year yep. Isaiah Simmons is starting with the DBs again. Uh, at least he's sticking with it. At least he's sticking with it. And I'll say like if you want to look at it from a different perspective because maybe. I initially wouldn't want to put him there, but but he's there. So let's let's actually talk about it the way that it is. I don't want him super close to the line of scrimmage. I don't want him playing up as much. To me, the thing that's really been lacking with him is his instant reaction almost. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't want to say the quick twitch because that's more the athleticism part of it. And, and athleticism, he checks all the boxes. Yeah. But just He's just a bigger dude. Right. He, yeah. he takes a little bit of, a, of time, a little bit maybe more than some of these smaller guys, like a Buda Baker, to shift, to move on a dime, to stay with somebody immediately. And so if you, you were to stay back, and read the defense and maybe give him more of that ability to try to get those pick sixes a la the, the Saints game, that is where I could see yeah. him thriving. He's so long. He's so fast. He's so athletic. Hopefully his feel for the game increases and kind of widens as he just focuses on one area. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm 100% confident that that's going to happen, but at least I can see the vision. I can understand why they would look at somebody like that, see the tools, the building blocks, and say, hey, let's build on this. Yeah, yeah. There's You can definitely see at least there's more of a vision. It's not so much, yeah, we're going to try them here, we're going to try them here. No, it's master this spot, and then we'll see from there. And they're not hyping them up as, oh, our star backer. Star backer. We're, we're so making a whole new position. Things. No, no, Yeah, no. that was it was just. That just added to it. It was too much. That just added to it. Okay. Accountability was your number one takeaway. Yeah. Then we go into Buda Baker. The takeaway is that there really is no takeaway as of right just now. Just that he, he accomplished what he needed he, to get done. Boxes checked. Let's see when something actually happens. Yes. Isaiah Simmons fully moved over to DB. Full time. Yep. All of his attention. What else caught your attention over that week? I think just uh, really I think a quote from Dennis Gardeck about Zayvon Collins – just the intelligence he's bringing to the pass rushing group and just how massive the dude is. Like, Gardeck had to stop in mid-sentence. It's like, I don't know if you guys realize how big this guy is. And so it sounds like not only is Zayvon making a present, his presence known physically, but also mentally with just what he's been able to, you know, I guess – give back to these guys and like hey if you're here you got to look for this or this or this because because he's got I mean he was the mic backer he was a quarterback of the defense so if anybody's going to have those extra tips and tricks it would be Zavin so I think that really stood out and it sounds like his progression in that role is really moving forward just taking that step-by-step day-by-day kind of attitude to it I'm so confident in Zavin Collins I don't know if like that's too much of an overreaction into how he's carrying <laughs> himself but I thought he had some really good stretches last year oh yeah was one of the most consistent players Easily. in the defense and he has room to grow he's a lot of room very young yep. completely new defensive system that he seems to be fully bought in on yep i don't worry i don't worry about him anymore and i feel like i've said this a couple times but it's yeah. it's almost a little shocking to me 
how much <laughs> I'm just like, journey. I'm just like, yeah, like this is great. Like he's fine because he was such a big question yeah. mark before. Yeah. Huge. Bigger than Isaiah Simmons. And, and that is completely shifted. And this whole new regime really seems to have everybody buying in. And I want to talk just real briefly about the offensive line room. Yeah. Because there's been a couple of things that have happened. This not at a mandatory minicamp, but Paris Johnson Jr. Was that Chase Field to yeah, join Burns and Gambo? Yeah. Quite a sentence. And <laughs> he was detailing the draft process. I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. You, can, you can hear the full interview uh, on the Arizona Sports app from Burns and Gambo. But the real thing that got to me was when they asked him about expectations. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, like, what is it like being a rookie going into this season? And he was basically saying it's very different than when I was at Ohio State. Because at Ohio State, you were going to every single year. Thinking you're winning something. Very much expected yeah. to be at the top of the top. Yep. He said they're basically playing with house money, which I think is an interesting perspective for a top 10 pick. But could that almost just lighten the mood yes. around a camp to where – you have somebody like DJ Humphreys coming out and being like, I'm trying to to gel with and to bond with mm-hmm. the Paris Johnson Jr., even though th- sometimes when young guys come in top picks and there are these established veterans, especially like DJ Humphreys, who have really worked just to keep their name in there and to yeah. be solid, sometimes that doesn't happen. But it feels like everybody's kind of there to grow, common yeah. goal. And I yeah. feel like that's, to me, a really big takeaway. Well, yeah, and I think what it really comes down to is the fact that they're not putting – I don't think they're putting anybody on a pedestal, really. I think it's, hey, you're all coming in here. You're all competing. We're all going to grow this thing through competition. And I think all the guys they've brought in are guys that are grinders and guys that are that want to put that extra work in. I mean, just the rookies. Look at those guys. I mean, all of those guys seem like they are dudes that want to stay in – Get get another workout after the day's over type deal. Like my boy Michael Wilson. And yes, that's a and exactly. I mean, he's exactly in that same line with Paris Johnson and even John Gaines. Even though we haven't really talked to John Gaines a lot, yeah, I haven't heard a lot from him. He just seems like he's getting it. He seems like yeah. it. Se- he seems like he's being trusted by the veterans. It seems getting like he's most of the center reps or no. Just yeah, I mean, just in the open portion, that's really the most of the work he's getting. It feels like is at center. Him for Holt Lasitas. Like I think those are the three that are at this point moving forward are going to be the the guys going for that job so uh yeah I mean Paris seems like he's just ready to do whatever he really does he seems like he is I I know that every rookie is about that at that point trying to find where they can fit in but it really feels like Paris is already weight to his voice he already seems like he's a veteran Mm -hmm. the way he handles himself the way he goes about things the way he just practices he already has a foundation already has a foundation has his own jerky that's just that those are those are some veteran stories, right? Like I expect Dennis Gardner <laughs> speaks to a have couple languages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's journalism major, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So it's just that you see these rookie trends, and it's not only you're seeing it not only with the rookies, but you're seeing it with everybody else. And I think that's really they're breeding that culture of we're having a competition every single day of the week, and it's making all these guys grow closer and want to you know get that other person better even though they could be fighting for each other's jobs i mean antonio hamilton him talking about you know how he watches the draft and gets excited to watch the draft because he knows that he's got more competition because they want to replace him he says that every year and now he's got garrett williams who if he can get on the field sooner than later he's going to be a stud i think yeah and keytrail clark who's got a ton of energy from what mike wilson's saying so uh it's going to be really interesting with that but antonio hamilton same thing i you know i want to coach these guys up i want to be a mentor but at the same time i'm going to go out there and prove my own worth at the same time so it's just really interesting to see that kind of fine line between 
helping a guy or helping the te- helping your competition or doing what's better for the team. And it seems like they're all going for what's better for the team. Sensing a lot of positivity. Uh, com- oh, com- gosh. Coming from you. Coming and here from we you. go. Now, and I, I just I want to talk to you candidly about this. Candidly. Because, yeah. That's what you say? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'll stop talking to you, podcast co-host. I'll stop asking you questions. And co- no. Okay. Sometimes I find myself wondering if we are – Getting a little ahead of ourselves because this new regime seems so polar opposite from what it was before. Because when I start breaking it down into these little sections, right? Let's just take the rookie class. Okay. Paris Johnson Jr., nothing but great things about, right? How the whole draft was conducted besides the tampering charges, like, fantastic. Like, we're on top of it. We think it was good. Yep. Okay. Go through each round pick. We're thinking this, this person's a hit. Right? I, I feel like that for a lot of the picks. Obviously, yeah. the later rounds you feel less likely on, but yeah. I, I mean, I feel confident in a Michael Wilson. I feel confident in a John Gaines. Yep. I feel confident in a Garrett Williams. Yep. BJ Ojolari. If he signs. If he ever, ever signs. <laughs> Obviously, Paris Johnson. Talk about the coaching. Talk about the players that are already here. Zaven Collins. Yeah. Are we overlooking maybe what we're judging them on as a baseline? Of like, oh, they're going to be really good. They're going to be great. Like five years from now, are we going to look back and really be like, oh, all those building blocks that were there, they all came to fruition. Everything was as great as it appeared. Like, are we a little blinded by a new era? I think I think we're, I think we're going off of just how bad the last one was. I think that's really what it comes down to. Is all of but the that doesn't dis- necessarily mean the next one's going to be great. No, better. No, but at the same time, I think we're already seeing the small steps and let me be clear the small steps because we still have to get to the regular season we still have to get to the nuts and bolts of all of this but from what we're seeing right now this foundation is getting set I mean they took a sledgehammer to the old one whichever whatever was left of that old one because there wasn't much it might have just been sand and dirt but they swept that off and now they're starting to pour in cement but it's just that I I think that's really where you have to base it on it's it's that recency bias but after we saw everything go wrong on the field, off the field, whatever you want to go down, whatever of the 10, 12 storylines of last season you want to go down that happened, it seemed like every week, every Wednesday of every week, th- that's, what you ha- that's what we're all going off of right now. And if you're seeing these small changes now, it, obviously you've got to wait to see the, for the X's and O's, but there's still something to be said for how they're going about this rebuild. Because they could easily say, We've got these pieces in place. Let's go trade and try to get back into it. No, no, no. That's sending you back five, six more years. So at least it's clean slate. That's, I think, what everybody hoped for going into this year was a clean slate, and that's what we're seeing. All right. Well, maybe if we are being just tad too positive, okay. which it's it's possible. It's, it's possible ba- that hey. they even exceed expectations. Like, that's just the I mean, way here's the thing. Is. You've got to take the expectation. It's a different scale of expectations than it yeah, is for— Yeah, they're not judging them on a Super Bowl contender no, base. No, they're judging no. them on, hey, can you win four games and look competent? They're going to judge them based off this. I, this article grabbed my attention a couple weeks ago. It's from SI.com, Connor Orr. This is the headline. The Cardinals are embarrassing. Ugh. And also <laughs> may be the story of the 2023 NFL season. They might be. Which is an interesting balance. And he lays out six potential, we'll call it what, multiverse is the popular thing going on. Like different outcomes that could happen for this Cardinals team. I wanted to go through them, talk about them with you, get your instant reaction, and maybe discuss 
Which one's the most likely? I have not read this, by the way. So I'm 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 springing this yeah. on you in the moment. Okay. Yep. yep. One of six, and these are in no particular order. The Cardinals are actually pretty good in 2023. Jonathan Gannon coaches them out of the number one pick conversation with a bargain basement roster. Why? See, your initial reaction seems to be negative. Is it solely pick base? You just don't care. It's not. It, you. It, I feel like so. It's like you always hear that Philadelphia 76ers trust the process. I feel like trust the process this year is not winning with everything, how it's set up with the free agents you're bringing in with the limited cap that you're spending right now. It's all setting up to let this one be a red shirt year and go into next year. Looking to really hit the, hit the button hard in this. It would probably assume that Kyler Murray comes back healthy and early relatively i mean it says out of the number one pick not into the playoffs right so we're talking five six yeah okay seven win like you know uh, a substantial amount of wins compared to about maybe where we were talking about them before Mm -hmm. in the moment i don't think i would hate it as much as i hate it right now until the draft comes around well no because here's the thing you still have the texans pick yeah right and if if after all of this your head coach is such a hit that with a roster that was supposed to be rebuilding and half of a season with a quarterback ends up being decently good, like we'll we'll be able to talk about some positives. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not just conjecture, not just drafted. Hey, is it best case scenario? I'm not saying that. No. But I feel like we would hate it more now than yeah. in the moment. I think in the <clears> moment <throat> when we're watching the games and when we see it unfold before us, I, it's not worst case scenario. They'll get to worst case scenario. Okay. Number two, the Cardinals are bad enough to secure the number one overall pick. You feel like this is the most likely scenario? I don't don't know. I don't know if they'll be the worst team. There's, I mean, the Texans are there too, but that's their pick too. Uh, The Rams, I could see having a very bad year too. So, I don't know. That's more likely than the first one, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's more likely than the first one. And if they do secure the number one pick, one of the things that they talk about in here is the next multiverse option. Mm. Cardinals are spiraling towards the number one pick, and they trade Kyler Murray at the deadline. If you're spiraling for the number one pick, Tyler, if there's no hope, Kyler's back and it just doesn't look great. They're not going to trade. No. no. First of all, I don't think anybody's going to want to trade for that contract. I don't think that's happening at all. I think the con- – all right, maybe maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me if I'm crazy. That contract's going to age fine. Well, yeah, it's going to age fine. Right. So but I don't think next you're, year you're thinking – But if you're a team who wants to buy low on Kyler Murray – Oh, I don't know about that one. I – I feel like if they have him come back and six, seven games in, not saying that I would do it, but it's just it's just not working. And it looks relatively the same with who they had before, mm-hmm. and they're thinking to themselves, why don't we just do what we did with DeAndre Hopkins, more or less? See if anybody takes this guy, and let's just reset. We're going to get the number one pick anyway. Houston might get the number two pick, and let's go from there. And that's the next scenario. Four, is that Texans... And the Cardinals are really bad giving Arizona the first two picks. 
I could see that. Would that make you more likely to trade Kyler Murray? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know about that because it, it's that's you've got to see what you got in Kyler. I think that's really what it's going to come down to. How does he come back? How does he perform from his ACL? And I think the sooner he comes back, the more sample size he has to prove if he is or isn't. I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to. Is he's doing? He's checking the boxes right now. Definitely checking the boxes off the field right now. He's doing more than I think we've seen in the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, when you get on the field, that's where the production has to be seen. And if he's really, I guess it's tough to do that with the guy you've already got. But at the same time, if you're Monty Osfort and you have those two picks, you're not doing your job correctly if you're not looking at those at looking at those scenarios at least of a quarterback scenario. I think it makes them less likely to trade Kyler Murray if they have the top two picks. Okay. Because if you have the top two pick, you're probably going to pick Marvin Harrison Jr. I would. I would. It, even if he has kind of a down season next season, just from what just he's take shown. Just take him. Yep. Take him, right? Uh, just take him. And then, if you still have your top pick, trade it to surround Kyler Murray. To, to me, that seems like the more logical option to where you're going to go, hey, yeah. maybe now we take this two pick or the one pick, if we're going to use two on Marvin Harrison and Jr., and Jr. say <laughs> some quarterback-hungry team wants to go up and get Caleb Williams. And so get an offensive I, I think, lineman back. <laughs> an inside linebacker maybe um, hey they might need those now <laughs> yeah they start moving everybody out of that position um all right i i think more likely to trade kyler murray if they just have the number one pick and the texans are really really not really mediocre really good, but better or vice versa the texans are really bad and they're mediocre okay all right number five this one is this one I just wanted to read to hear your reaction. I'm not saying that these are all going to be likely, but this one made me laugh. The Cardinals are bad enough to get one or both of the top two quarterbacks in the draft, and neither of them wants to play in Arizona. And one of the reasons that's cited in this Good Lord. is that Caleb Williams is going to be working with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Yeah. And if the oh Cardinals my get the number gosh. one pick, if the Cardinals get the number one pick, and they, the signs are pointing that they draft Caleb Williams. Cliff Kingsbury might be like, "Hold up, there, buddy boy. I don't <laughs> know." Me, if I got a couple things that. to tell you. <laughs> imagine that. There's imagine. No way. Imagine. There's no way. Imagine. I mean, because I guess we could kind of say that Ky- Kyler and Cliff had a little bit of history before they joined yeah. up. Imagine if they get another quarterback with Cliff Kingsbury influence. Like what? It's so wild. Just so wild. <laughs> But no, I don't think that's happening. No, there's not going to be. Well, there's no. There, we haven't seen a quarterback do that since what? Eli. Eli and I. Who? Who? Uh, Elway did it too. Yeah, didn't but he? I mean that was however long ago. Well, I, yeah, I'm just. But that's Eli just, was also yeah, yeah. Uh, almost two decades ago now. Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but that's almost no, two decades you are, ago yeah. Now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I. There, that's not happening. I'm, that's no not way. happening. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. There's no, no way that. Nope. 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 Caleb Williams or Drake May, who was also the the quarterback. But if they trade Kyler Murray. If Cleveland did it, I could see it. <laughs> yeah, Cleveland's got their own problems going on. All right, number six. This is the one that they say is the absolute worst-case scenario. Cardinals are just kind of bad. Not good enough to crown Jonathan Gannon Coach of the Year, but not bad enough to secure either of the top two picks. Yeah. That seems – oh, man. That one, I'm – I don't know. That's maybe what the second most likely. I think so. 
number one most likely is because that's a th- getting the number one pick being that bad. I think getting one of the two first picks, either from Texans or themselves. But that yeah, that's gonna that's got to be probably the worst one because you're gonna have a middle first rounder, and it's just you're setting yourself backwards. I feel even though hey, on paper you won six seven games, but. What do you have to show for it? No, I don't think – like I said earlier, you've got to stay on the course of what this team has envisioned as their blueprint, and that is restocking and readjusting to go hard in 24 and beyond, I think. Well, I, and that restocking and readjusting, I don't know if they're planning on completely building through the draft for the next five or six years. No, I don't think so, but so, I think there's going to be some big hefty moves happening right. with some of the with maybe one or two of those draft picks to make it to where they can actually try to compete quicker what it feels like is happening to me is that they're going to take this year basically take it by itself this is our isolation this is like our our tanking year but try to have enough building blocks with your veterans kyler murray james connor marquis hollywood brown on defense. In a contract now year. you got Zayvon Collins. Isaiah Simmons is going to be up there. Who knows if he's going to be back? Like, try to build your foundation around these veterans mm-hmm. without the expectations of winning. Bring in a couple young guys, and then use some of your assets, your draft assets, to capitalize on your now. Because Kyler Murray's on that contract now. now. You cannot spend the next five years nope. not trying to win when Kyler Murray's making that much, unless. Yep. You trade Kyler Murray. And then it's a whole different conversation about selling off for parts because you're going to maybe be looking at selling a Zach Ertz. You're going to be looking at selling oh, yeah. your offensive line pieces. Mm-hmm. You're going to be maybe looking at even selling a Buda Baker if it, get, if it gets to that. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be fun. You've got a It'll fun vacation fun. to get to before we dive into the rest of this offseason. Oh, yeah. we'll, so if you we got a lot to talk about. If you want to keep up to date with Tyler as we get through the offseason, whatever the Cardinals are doing, go ahead and follow him at TDrake4. That's the number four TDrake4 sports on Twitter. If you want to read something of his, go to the Arizona Sports app, close your eyes, scroll, and click something randomly. <laughs> it's probably going to be written by Tyler. So go ahead and do that. Oh, Arizona Sports so app, ArizonaSports.com. You can follow me at Eric Ruby. You can follow the Twitter at AZ Cards Corner. All of that great stuff. Give us a five-star review. Subscribe. Watch our videos. Shout out to Jeremy, our social media team, our video team. Yeah. All of that. Doing great stuff. And until next time, enjoy football.